everyone. This is Megan from the city of Fairborn, and you're listening to Rumor Has It, the podcast that is meant to be a different approach to local government and an alternative way to learn about this community and one another. We highlight people, places, businesses, ideas, conversations, topics, and a little bit more. This week, I'm talking with quite a few people. Chelsea Sedinsky from Montgomery County Public Health, Nancy Kessinger from Greene County Public Health, Elaine Marklin from Dayton Children's Hospital, and Shannon Fritz from the Fairborn Fire Department. We discuss an event called Cribs for Kids this upcoming February 22nd at Fire Station 2 from 1 to 3 p.m. But really, we talk about this event and why it is so crucial for our community. Now, this conversation does get a bit heavy at times as we discuss infant mortality. So if you need to skip this episode, we understand. However, the event is in the show notes, and we do ask that you please share the event with others because we want to make sure people have access to the resources that are available that day. Now, this episode has some really great information in it. The people who are on the show today share some invaluable resources and information, and we want others to hear it. We hope you enjoy. So here we go. the podcast with me today I have uh, probably the largest group I think I've ever had I have three people like I don't think I could add another person this is pretty awesome uh, in fact this is so awesome uh, because of why uh, everyone is here with me uh, so first uh, with me is uh, Mr. Shannon Fritz hi Shannon hello how are you today I'm doing well Shannon is our fire marshal with the Fairborn Fire Department and I'm going to be reading bios but I do not have a bio for Shannon um so he's gonna have to do do an impromptu bio here in in a minute uh so lucky Shannon he's he's so excited I'm thrilled about it yeah I know you are uh Next, um, we're going to go with uh, Nancy, and I have to pull hers up on my phone. Nancy Kessinger from Greene County Public Health. So, morning. Nancy, good good morning or afternoon. It is afternoon. You're right. It's afternoon. It is good afternoon. <laughs> it's been it's been a long Monday so far, <laughs> at least for me. It has. I don't know about you. Yes. Yes. It's, it, any Monday I feel is a long Monday. Uh, so, Nancy has been a nurse for over 25 years and worked in a variety of settings. However, the majority of her time was spent in the neonatal intensive care unit, and now uh, she's moved to public health. For the past 12 years, she worked in she worked in all of the clinics um, and held as well as working as a nurse care manager. And currently, she is the program manager and supervisor for Help Me Grow Early Childhood Home Visiting Programs, including the Nurse Family Partnerships and Health Families America Evidence-Based Models. She has also managed the Baby and Me tobacco-free program and attended the Ohio Infant Mortality Summits prior to the pandemic. Another role she has held is reporting to the state all SIDS and SUIDS cases in the county. When notified, she would reach out to families and offer support. She is passionate about maternal and child health and with Help Me Grow, her team encourages healthy moms and babies and positive parent and child interactions through education and setting goals. They provide safe sleep education and referrals for cribs 
for families in need. Nancy volunteers as the Ohio State Liaison for the Amniotic Fluid Embolism Foundation to provide information and education to OBs, nurses, and nursing students in hopes to end this devastating loss of moms and babies at what should be the happiest time of their lives and families' lives. This is a new role she trained for last year. She lost her 26-year-old daughter during the birth of her first child. Thankfully, they were able to save her granddaughter, who will turn three on January 31st of this year. Nancy, welcome. Thank you. And last but not least, we have Chelsea Sedinsky. Chelsea has worked in the field of public health since 2017 in a number of different capacities. She has worked in the role of health educator, epidemiologist, and now serves as the fetal and infant mortality review supervisor for public health in Dayton and Montgomery County. She is originally from Northeast Ohio, but moved to the Dayton area and has a passion for the community and community members. She wants to be able to support moms, babies, and their family member and their families through healthy pregnancies, deliveries, and healthy lives together. I feel very um, out of my element with all of you here, <laughs> just for the record. Uh, but before um, we go any further, since the two of of you, you can't see me pointing on on the podcast, but I was pointed to Nancy and Chelsea since they uh, gave wonderfully extensive uh, bios and somebody else didn't. Who's um, that? <laughs> Shannon, uh, other than being a fire marshal, um, would you be willing to just kind of provide us a little bit of your um, biographical information? Sure. Um, I've been in the fire service now for going on 24 years uh, in the fire service. I've been a firefighter, company officer, an assistant chief, and here for the past two years in Fairborn, I've been the fire marshal. And prior to that, I was in the United States Army for 10 years where I was a paratrooper stationed out of Fort Bragg, North Carolina. So I've only had really two jobs uh, with a lot of fun jobs in between to keep my time busy. Here at the fire marshal's office, we concentrate on code enforcement, fire investigation, fire prevention, and community risk reduction and education. Awesome. See, it wasn't bad. Well, I am. Uh, I'm very thankful that uh, I could get. I didn't. Actually, I didn't get you all here. Shannon uh, was really the one that kind of organized um, Nancy and Chelsea uh, to get here because um, we have an event coming up that I actually mentioned on last week's podcast um, called Cribs for Kids, and it's happening on the 22nd of February. Um, and I'm grateful that we were able to get you all here together uh, to kind of talk about this event and talk about kind of the reasoning behind the event. And unfortunately, the reasoning isn't always a happy one, and um, but it doesn't doesn't always have to be a happy thing. But um, we want it to be. We want it to be, um, you know, a, a proactive movement rather than sometimes uh, kind of that reactive uh, situation. Uh, so instead of talking about just the event details, I want to I want to talk about kind of a multifaceted um, reasoning behind why we're doing the event. Um, so, Shannon, I want to I want to start with our community reduction or risk reduction program through the fire department. Yeah. Uh, first off, ladies, let me say thank you for partnering up with us on this program and our whole community risk reduction. The Green County Health, the Montgomery County Health and all the girls we've been working with has just been fantastic. Um, in 2023, firefighters came to me and they identified a risk based off runs they go on and what they've seen and what they've experienced. And 
They noticed that in 23, we started a car seat technician program because someone identified that we were seeing children without car seats and parents who were installing them wrong then. And we identified that and we got some training education. We got some technicians in our department now and we're helping with that risk reduction in our community. So our firefighters saw that and they came to us and they were, they had some concerns about SIDS, um, son infant death that they might or have seen on runs or that risk of. And they wanted to try to do something for that. So we started reaching out and we tried to find some people we could partner with or some programs, organizations out there that have public programs to identify and help reduce that risk in your community. And we got a hold of Montgomery County Health and we worked with some other people and we've been attending organizations, civic organizations and other um, government agencies who's doing the exact same thing, identifying that risk and trying to reduce it. And then we got partnered up with Green County. And they had the Cribs for Kids program. So a couple of us started attending their education program, and we started doing some research and how they identify and help their community and everything they do. And we were very fortunate that we got hooked up with some great girls, and now they're helping us get our program at the fire department up and running. And if I'm, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but we're like one of the only departments in the area that is doing the Cribs for Kids. Is that correct? So, as far as I know, okay. speaking with Green County and who they partner with, we are the only ones partnering with right now with Green County okay. um, and providing this program. Okay, It truly is a partnership. Um, we just, we're staffed 24-7. We have paramedics and we see a lot of these. So, a lot of it is, you know, incident-based where we see an opportunity for education and right. to take advantage of this, um, where the Green County truly waits on someone to reach out to them. Gotcha. You know, they put the information out. They try to get that information out to the public and they, you know, have some targets and they try to hit. But with the fire service and we go on a run for, you know, respiratory distress or difficulty breathing or something, they truly are in the front lines of seeing those possible risks. And that's what we were trying to address on our side. We were just fortunate enough to work with Green County. And as far as I know, unless the data or the girls here have some different data about another department, right now we are the only de department partnering up with Green County. This is Nancy in Green County, yeah. and um, you're the only one that I am aware of. And Green County does partner with Montgomery County for the Cribs for Kids program. So just at this time, so I just want to clarify that. Yeah. So when we talk about risk reduction, um, you know that truly is basically the the pre prevention of, you know, something, right? You know, it's not, we are trying to to prevent that bad thing from happening in the future, prevent that that negative outcome for, for an individual, for a family, whether it's fire related, whether it's EMS related, whether it's injury related. Um, you know, we want to try to educate so that something negative doesn't out, you know, have an outcome in that family's life. Exactly. Um, a lot of our programs are statistical data driven. So whether it be our smoke detector giveaway program, whether it be our car seat program, whether it's our Cribs for Kids program, it's driven by statistical data. So how many runs do we go on that we see this possible risk? Or how many opportunities do we go in and we don't see a smoke detector in a house? All that data, whether in our grand scope of the fire service and education, might be a small statistical data, maybe single digit percentage of education prevention, any reduction in a risk for us in a fire service is a win. Sure. So as, if it's a, a minor one, two, three percent, that, that's a win for us. Right. Um, I can't tell you how many 
stories there are of a firefighter who has one opportunity to reduce the risk that sticks with them their whole career. Right. And you need those wins. Yeah. So community risk reduction is a win for a firefighter. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm, <laughs> to be honest, when it comes to infant mortality, you know, even one, uh, re- reducing one, um, even if it is just one on that stat sheet, um, reducing that is, is worth the education. And, uh, so that kind of brings me to the next, um, you know, multifaceted reasoning for doing this event is, you know, just the, t- the statistics for infant mortality. Um, you know, I don't know what they are. Um, but again, just having one on a stat sheet is, is too many in my opinion. Um, Chelsea, I know that's kind of your, your parameters and your bailiwick. So I'll let you kind of touch on that. Yeah. So, um, According to the Ohio American Academy of Pediatrics, three infants die each week in Ohio in unsafe sleep areas. So with that Cribs for Kids grant, um, we kind of seek to reduce that number by providing families with or families and expecting mothers, I should say, um, with a free pack and play for their baby and then just information about the ABCs of safe sleep. So it is a little bit of a different avenue. Like Shannon was saying, obviously, they they have that capacity to kind of provide that direct education if they're there, even if it's for another reason. Like if they notice, oh yeah, this this family doesn't have a place for their baby to sleep, you know, that's another referral area for us. But through the Cribs for Kids grant, we are looking at more reaching out to those families, ideally when they are still pregnant, um, to provide them that safe sleep option as soon as they do have that baby. Um, but, but they are still eligible um, until at least until under one year of age. So their, their baby could be uh, 364 days old and they could still get a crib. Um, we just, we just kind of want to reach them in that critical period of safe sleep where they're, that is when they have the highest risk of that sudden unexpected death um, is within that first year of life. Um, and so kind of just, that's where we're, we're trying to reach those families and those people is through this grant. They should be at least 32 weeks pregnant or have an infant under the age of one. And we can provide them with a free pack and play. Um, and, you know, just that information about the ABCs of safe sleep. Can you walk through those ABCs? Yeah. Um, so through the ABCs of safe sleep. Um, and if if you deliver a baby in the hospital, these will get told to you a million other times, but, um, so the baby should be alone. So they should be in their own sleep space, like a crib, a bassinet or a pack and play. Um, they should not share a sleep space with an adult, a pet or a sibling. So the safest way for baby to sleep is basically in their own space. Um, and that's really, really important for the first year of life, just because if they are sleeping with an adult or a pet and they, they could get wedged between the adult and the pet, they could suffocate. Um, they just don't have that capacity to roll over if they need to, like they're just not aware. Um, and then for B would be on their back. So baby should be placed on their back to sleep during naps and at nighttime. Um, so a common misconception is that it's easier for babies to choke when they're lying on their back, but it's actually less likely that they'll choke Um, Just because of how their esophagus and their trachea are situated when they're on their back, they're able to clear the fluid more easily than if they're on their stomach. Um, And then C would just be in a crib. So an empty crib is best. Um, There should be no loose bedding, no comforters, no quilts, no stuffed animals, no bumpers, no pillows. So really in the crib should just be a baby, um, a fitted sheet on the mattress, and then 
Um, they should be wearing tight-fitting pajamas and then an appropriate size like sleep sack or a wearable blanket, something like that, to keep them warm. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of the education we reinforce is it should always be alone on their back and in a crib. I'm sure I heard those when I was... I'm sure you heard them a million <laughs> times. I heard them a million times. It's been a long time, that is, that's for okay. sure. I I am here because I uh, work in the Dayton Children's Emergency Department, and I see firsthand the devastation that occurs when a baby dies from unsafe sleep. And um, unfortunately, it is the leading cause of death of what we see in the emergency department. It um, Sometimes it will account for almost 80% of our deaths. We have a couple of years where it was 70 to 80% of our deaths. And, um, you know, they're, they're all preventable, and it's, um, you know, it's... Uh, cause of death that we see for a leading cause for one month to 12 months of age that's for um, Montgomery County and the state of Ohio so you know it is a problem these babies are being suffocated by a pillow a person or a blanket uh, or being trapped you know entrapped between a wall and a mattress and and this is how our babies are uh, passing away so what is what is one of the primary things that you try to get across to people when you are talking about safe sleep um, a lot of times when I'm talking about safe sleep, first of all, I don't think people realize how big of a problem it is in our area. I think that and I I do um, understand and know that a lot of people do choose to bed share in this area. And, um, you know, from my perspective, uh, when I look at the risk factors associated with unsafe sleep, I do see where the number one place that these babies are passing away from unsafe sleep is when they're sharing a sleep surface with an adult or even a sibling. So I do uh, caution people. I, I feel like that's probably one of the biggest risk factors and most preventable issue that we can uh, work on as a community to reduce this these babies suffocation but I also um, also point out that most of the babies that do pass away from unsafe sleep are under four months of age so that is a high risk group so you know those babies do not have their uh, their systems regulatory systems are very immature and they can't control their breathing and they can't turn over they can't you know their breathing at baseline is irregular they don't have uh their airways are small and so they they're easily suffocated and i don't think i think people look at a pillow or a blanket or a soft cuddly mattress and they see it as how could that possibly hurt a little cushy you know soft little baby but you know anything that you see as comfort is a suffocation risk for especially for newborns so um i you know i think that's another thing that people forget they also think about propping their babies up on pillows a lot they think that that's good for their like if they're congested or they're having a little spit up or something but we uh, um you know the american academy of pediatrics have set out new guidelines in 2022 um just emphasizing that this is no longer a recommendation that it is a um both uh, dangerous and um ineffective for this uh, for these particular um problems so there's no longer any um more recommendation by any it should not be no pediatricians in our area or anybody should be recommending that we prop a baby on a pillow or blanket because we do see every year um, and sometimes more than one baby uh, pass away from being suffocated by being propped on a pillow that they get in a position where they can't breathe is is that because of how they are like how their esophagus is positioned or because they can roll 
Yeah, there's a, there's different ways that a baby can pass away. Um, sometimes they uh, fall, you know, like slide down in the pillow and then get trapped either under the pillow or they twist a little bit and they can suffocate easily in that extra padding. But another way, too, is like you were just saying, they could um, somehow or another arch their back and end up with their head leaning over the back of that pillow. And again, remember, when you hyperextend that, air, that airway is very small and it doesn't take much to, you know, their airway airway is only as big as their baby finger. So it doesn't take much for them to um, bend their airway to a point where it collapses and they can't get any air in. Hmm. I'm just getting educated all over the place yeah. today. <laughs> Before you got here, I told everybody, I said, I am, I am way be like out of my element. <laughs> like I read everybody's bios and I'm like, man, I am, I am so far beyond my element. I just, it's, it's insane. Yeah. So I, you know, I just think about the stuff that, you know, I did with my kids, mine are 15 and 13 and, you know, probably the stuff that my parents did with me and it's I'm good grief. It's no wonder we're all still alive. And, mm -hmm. you know, just the things that we know now that we, we didn't know back then. And, you know, it's it's amazing just how far we've come with science and just general knowledge of of what is what is safe. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just even the even the propping things up, you know, putting a pillow or, you know, I remember my kids having stuffy noses. And, you know, I know how I feel when I want to be you know propped up when when I have a stuffy nose. And it's like, why wouldn't my kid want that? Right. But you got to, um, you know, and again, this is something that I, I, you know, and I don't have, I can't show pictures here, but I try to show some of the pictures of the babies anatomies are different than adults. Right. And, uh, you know, they uh, were designed to lay flat and be able to breathe for the first six months of their lives. So they're designed to be able to, you know, live laying flat. So um, and, you know, we got to think about that and um, realize that. Um, you can't, you can't put them in positions that, you know, norm that you would do as an adult because it's just their airways are so fragile. They're, they're just fragile. I mean, that's really kind of a good way to look at them as they're fragile. In the role that I play in the county um, with the early childhood home visiting um, education with the team I have of nurses and other educators going out into the homes, they provide intensive parenting education because we're trying to promote positive parent and child interactions mm -hmm. and um, they always do safe sleep education with these with these families and they also can offer the cribs for kids program um, and they get cribs that way we also partner with hannah's treasure chest mm -hmm. which is a nonprofit yeah. organization and we can get uh, small cribs or full-size cribs from, through hannah's treasure chest for families and they can get care packages once every three months so but this safe sleep education is really important because like you said just one is right. devastating and as uh as um shannon said yeah we it's a win firefighters right. they don't want to see that so that's a win and i i, I understand that i responded to a case in the emergency room mm -hmm. in the trauma center before and it's it's devastating have you have you talked with when you talk with parents, have you have you heard their reasonings or I don't want to call it an excuse, but, you know, what are some of the things you hear of, of why they they don't want to do certain things? You know, like, I mean, I guess I, you know, remembering back to when my kids were little and just placing that baby in the in the crib. I mean, it's it's just this little tiny human in this bare looking crib. I mean, it's yeah, I just, I just remember thinking. 
they and look I so lonely. A lot of, I mean, when I was a first time parent, sometimes you get desperate and you will do whatever you think is better so that you can also get some sleep because right. I, I mean, it's exhausting to have a newborn. And if you also, you know, if you don't, if you don't have a lot of family support, like you're, you're just trying to survive sometimes. And I think that, um, is, is an area that we see, um, or also just culturally, there are some cultures that, that do bed share, um, and that's what they've done for all their kids. So that is what they know and what they're comfortable with. Um, you know, obviously the messaging of safe sleep is out there, but if that's what they know, that's what they've done. That's what they're comfortable with. Um, I think that's also something sometimes we're up against and, and generationally, like if this is what their family did or their, their grandma did, or, you know, they've done it with four other kids. So right. this fifth kid will be fine or whatever the case may be. Um, I think that's where we kind of see it. And I know that's something we face is kind of like, we know this messaging of safe sleep, but also how can we meet people where they are to still provide that education and help keep their baby alive and safe as well. Causes. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say Causes, yeah. exactly what Chelsea was saying is there's some cultural aspects to that or, you know, my first three babies did just fine sleeping right. with me. And so this one will too, if they haven't experienced a loss or known anybody that has, and it kind of is like smoking, you know, we have pregnant moms and you try to talk to them about quitting smoking. Well, my mom smoked, my grandma smoked and I'm right. okay. You know, so it is part of that same generational yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm sure there's also that aspect of, you know, probably not going to happen. Right. Like, you know, it's, I mean, chances are slim. It's going to happen to me. Right. Like I, right. I mean, I vividly <laughs> remember just feeling exhausted, waking up every three hours to feed an infant who just screamed every time you set him back down. Yeah. And so you're like, well, I mean, what, what am I going to do? Like, right. This is the only place he's not crying. So. Um, and yeah, and you know, some, some of those deaths are more innocent, accidental where like, okay, maybe you're just holding your baby on the couch. You don't intend to fall asleep. Right. Um, but it can still happen in that sense as well, where it's just, you know, completely an accident. Yep. Yeah. And I think, I mean, all of them are heartbreaking, but you know, it's just period. All of them are heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. So we, we kind of covered a little bit of the kind of the third reason it does provide care and resources and education. Um, but what are some of the additional? I know you, you touched a little bit, but really for all of us, um, you know, there are some things that the county and, and the hospitals, I don't know if you, we want to talk about some of the things that the hospitals provide and um, maybe additional resources that, that we would have. Uh, for, you know, new moms and parents um, and even pregnant uh, women that, that we know of that, that do cover these things um, that we haven't already discussed. Yeah. The cost of having a child is really oh expensive. And hmm. so that's why the, you know, with the Cribs for Kids is if we can provide that for them, then maybe they can use that money on something else for that child that they need for clothing, for diapers, whatever else it is that they need. And, and we do help provide some support um, through an incentive program 
for families that are enrolled in our home visiting program. Mm -hmm. We provide some Kroger gift cards and things like that. And then um, there are other agencies in the county for Green County. I don't know all of them in Montgomery County, but for Green County um, that do support. There's some Earn to Learn programs through FYI, the Parenting Network. And they can learn, earn like baby bucks and they can purchase things from their store. So that's another place. Um, and the Women's Center in Xenia does, I think, the same thing. So, um, which they changed the name. I think it's Hope Rising now. So, um, so there are some other resources in the county. But this one is, um, I think, like Shannon said, it's, it's a short period of time doing that education with them. And then right. they have a safe place for their infant to sleep. Right. Yeah, and... Um as far as other resources, um, so commonly we in Montgomery County will see families who might also need a uh, car seat. Okay. Um, and so we partner with Goodwill Easter Seals of Miami Valley, um, and, and they are not specific to Montgomery County. So they will also serve Greene County residents um, if they need a um, if they need a car seat um, and they they provide car seats through like from infant through booster seat. So it doesn't have to just be an wow. infant. Um, so Goodwill Easter Seals has been helping with that as well. Um, because as Nancy mentioned, we also partner with Hannah's Treasure Chest, but that's kind of another avenue to, to help those families um, get some of those needed things. Um, and then the Stork's Nest Baby Pantry, um, it's located in Montgomery County, but um, I believe they, they will serve families in need. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to have uh, evidence evidence sounds bad but like a crib card that you actually delivered your baby okay <laughs> not evidence of your child <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> this is my child i yes. promise <laughs> that's, that's funny well i mean i suppose you not that you're gonna take some random child right. but like hopefully not. this is my child yeah. i promise yeah. <laughs> and then we also have the the car seat program we do, and our car seat technician is actually working with Goodwill Easter Seals to try to set ourselves up as an opportunity for those programs where those in need and on assistance can get those car seats through Goodwill Easter Seals. But it's a process, and it's a little, and you got to work with them, and uh, the department and the chiefs are involved in that, and there's a lot of background workings for that management of that, and working with Goodwill Easter Seals because um, a lot of monies go into that from different places and i have no clue where that comes from but they have to be good stewards of that money and those those opportunities um and we're just trying to work with them to provide that opportunity Uh, on the fire side of other opportunities for resources we try to think um risk reduction as new moms and new dads so we have cpr education we cover choking we cover breathing and respiratory rates we have instructors for classes for cpr we have our car seat technician, and we try to get new moms and new dads in that program a little bit. We talk about good recline positions and how to put them in which way to face and when they can turn around with the law and everything and securing a property in a car. So it's really an education program across, and we try to push a little bit in each one. And we even take that opportunity to ask them, do you have a smoke detector in your house outside your mm-hmm. kid's bedroom? Uh, because if you don't, we'll put one in for you, and it doesn't cost a thing. And yeah. Just schedule a time, and we'll come out and do it for you. So we took as many opportunities as we can when we get someone in front of us to say we have smoke detectors, we have car seats, we have CPR, we can talk to you about choking, and we have cribs for kids now too. So we try to package it all together and throw it to them all at one time, and hopefully we get a win. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, just being able to hear the different 
resources that are out there from locally to you know, even the county and then just the different in, in each community that that we have available for people that they might not even know or exist, um, I think is so important that, that we get out there. And that's, that's one of the reasons why when Shannon suggested, uh, you know, bringing everybody together, I thought this is, this is brilliant, you know, just to get everybody in one room and let's talk about not only this event that we're going to do, but, but what everybody brings to the table and the resources that we have so that we can, we can get the word out and then hopefully, you know, more people can hear about these things. Cause I think it's so important that people have, have access to the resources that are available to them so that they can give their, their families and their kids the, the best, you know, possible, you know, things that they have access to. So I think it's awesome. Kudos to everything that you guys are doing. So let's talk about the event. So Cribs for Kids, Shannon, you kind of touched on a little bit of the background on how it got started. Um, do you want to add any more to that? No. Um, actually, the Cribs for Kids program on the 22nd of February it was kind of a, a joint effort between some of the, the girls there at Greene County um, and then them reaching out to us to see if we wanted to be a part of that. And I, I jumped all over it. I thought it was a fantastic idea for our community and to bring everybody in on the 22nd and provide this uh, site at Station 2. So, And I think every time I came back to your office, you just kept looking at me like, it keeps growing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does. And, and now we have some other education and prevention people that, you know, they're going to have some displays possibly set up and some handout material. Uh, I know Greene County has gotten some uh, inquiries about people wanting to put some handouts and some other material out during that event. So I think we're going to have some tables and some other opportunities for resources there outside of what my knowledge is. But they are reaching out and speaking to girls mm -hmm. and, and getting some more information for that site. Good. So we have uh, so the county is going to be there on both Green and Montgomery County. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to name everybody because I don't even I don't have a clue who's all going to be there. But <laughs> um, I was just I was going to have you to speak on uh, what your two counties are going to are going to do there. And as Shannon had mentioned, there are a couple other ladies who were working on this with him um, that weren't available today. So I kind of um, came in since I'm involved with uh, um, child and infant mortality stuff. Uh, so the Cribs for Kids, I believe a couple of our health educators and probably maybe the program manager may be out there to provide some of the education. They might be able to help with Chelsea doing that in the giveaway and not actually handing out the pack and plays for the families. Um, we'll probably have some information there about um, not smoking and the program, the Ohio Quit Line for that. That does provide some gift cards and things for families to help with encouraging them to quit smoking because we know that that can contribute to SIDS, even though they don't know really right. exact causes of it. That's one contributing factor. So we're always promoting, you know, not smoking. Um, so they'll have some information on that. And we can also have some of our information about our early childhood um, home visiting programs out there and talk to anybody who may be interested or get them interested in some of that because, again, we can help them with connecting them to resources. And, um, you know, just we, we work with them in um, making goals and trying to reach those goals so that they can be successful. And that's, that's the whole thing So with our families. So, um, yeah, we'll probably have a lot of that kind of information out there as well as some general public health information sure. probably will be out there. Awesome. Um, so I can say as far as Montgomery County, uh, so as Shannon mentioned, the event will be on Thursday, February 22nd. We, it's from one to three, but we're technically doing like two sessions. So 
in order to get the free pack and play, they do have to go through a safe sleep assessment and just general safe sleep education. So um, there's two separate times for sign up through the Eventbrite link. Um, So there's one from one to two and then one from two to three. So it's going to be the same information at each class, but um, it'll just go through the ABCs of safe sleep. There's a couple videos. One is about the ABCs of safe sleep. One just shows you how to set up and take down the exact pack and play that you'll get. Um, And then just some other uh, general information and resources about safe sleep um, that we provide. So um, for the requirements, uh, if you're pregnant, um, so you have to be at least 32 weeks pregnant or have an infant under one year of age to be eligible to receive the free pack and play. Um, For this event, we are looking at specifically Greene County residents. Um, If it's Montgomery County resident, we can refer you to to get a crib through us. That's fine. But for this event, we're specifically focusing on on targeting those families in Greene County. Um, And then it is one pack and play per child. So if if it's like a family with twins um, or they have... uh, Uh, the mom is pregnant and they have a baby under one, they can get two pack and plays. It's just one per child. Um, And then with the pack and play, they get um, a fitted sheet and a wearable blanket. um, And then like a, a, it's called sleep baby safe and snug. I think it's like a little baby book that they get as well. Um, So as long as they come to the class, we have like a general assessment that they fill out that we go through with them um, just about the, you know, main topics of safe sleep. And then they would leave that day with the pack and play and stuff. So, um, yeah, and we'll help with, you know, taking the pack and plays to cars and stuff. So if you're pregnant, you don't have to worry about carrying it. (laughs) So if they're not there, Mm -hmm. are they still, can they still get one? Yeah. So um, let's just say like if they're not there that day, I don't know, something came up, they're not feeling well, whatever. If they are able to send someone in their place, that's fine. We can still do the education with a family member or with someone else. But if they're not able to attend that day and are still in need of a pack and play, um, we can we can figure that out. Um, Shannon can speak more about that uh, or we can, you know, through Green County Public Health, um, we can still get them a pack and play, just not on that day. Okay. So our Cribs for Kids program is um, supported by Greene County and Montgomery County, and we keep um, a small supply of those, but our standards are still the same as Montgomery and Greene County. So if they can't come to the event and they call and they speak to Emily or Cheyenne and they schedule a time, then we can do home visits and we can come out and it's a 15, 20 minute education class quickly. Um, just fill out some paperwork uh, and then you still get those same opportunities with the Cribs for Kids in the SAC. Okay, awesome. And you said the cribs were free, correct? Like totally free? No, all they got to do is watch correct. the video. There's no yeah. like, there's no loopholes. You know, it is free. Small, tiny print on the bottom. No, no, no. Like, so it's uh, funded through our Cribs for Kids grant that we are al- are able to provide um, cribs. So we, through our grant, are allotted 600 cribs for the year. Um, so. Right now, we have 500 designated for Montgomery County, 100 for Greene County, but you know we're fluid in that. So yes, it is free. We have the cribs. We have the funding to purchase the cribs. So they, as long as they meet the other requirements of being at least 32 weeks pregnant or the infant under one and a resident of Greene County, um, then it is free. That's so awesome. Did we cover everything with the event? Yeah, I think with the event we did, um, and Elaine, I know you can speak on this, but 
if you're listening to this and you think to yourself, I would really love to learn more about safe sleep and become a safe sleep ambassador. That is also something that we offer. So um, through with in partnership with Elaine does a lot of that with the education. Um, Yeah. So we do offer the safe sleep ambassador program and that is uh, it's more of an evidence based program and it kind of is intended to engage and educate people outside of just healthcare and like public health. Um, so, so as you're getting that safe sleep education and then you can deliver that, you know, to, uh, to members in your community. Um, so because people are more kind of likely to accept and, and follow that education if it's coming, coming from somebody they know, somebody they trust. Um, so um, Elaine, I don't know if you want to speak on that at all as well. Thanks for the plug. But yes, uh, <laughs> anytime. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, I say this all the time because I've been teaching now about safe sleep since 2012. This is going to have to um, this, you know, public health crisis, this these babies passing. away. It's going to have to be uh, driven from the community. It's like she said, you know, I could, even though I've got all the credentials and all the experience, you're going to trust your best friend, your mom, your aunt, somebody more than you will me uh, with this information. And so uh, we need it. We need your we need everyone's help. This is a community wide problem. And it's going to take the community as a whole to help get this, uh, you know, solve this problem. And these ba- this is preventable. And these are teeny babies. And, uh, you know, I can't emphasize it enough how I need every <laughs> I need everyone's help. And that's why I'm so grateful for public health and you guys for getting involved. Uh, you know, the crib, you, you know, giving people cribs is the first step for them not having a reason for not putting that baby in a crib, you know, outside of your bed. Right. Um, and, you know, and then we can move from there to, you know, making sure that crib's empty. We're not propping babies. You know, we uh, so there's just there's a lot of things out there that we can be doing. And I appreciate the scripts for kids. So where um, where can people find y'all? Uh, yeah. So for if you're interested in signing up for the event, um, so for the pack and play giveaway on Thursday, February 22nd, um, it is on our phdmc.org uh, website under events. It is also on the Green County Public Health Facebook page. Um, and I believe it's on the Public Health Dayton and Montgomery Facebook page as well. Um, and then if you're interested in the Safe Sleep Ambassador program, that is also on our Public Health Dayton Montgomery County um, website um, with the different dates listed. If you want to know about Cribs for Kids, just in general, Cribs for Kids itself is a national organization. So they also just have a website. It's just cribsforkids.org. Awesome. And for Green County Public Health, as Chelsea mentioned, we are on um, Facebook and Twitter and pretty much every social media platform. But our website is um, gcph.info. And so the information is on there, as well as our information about our early childhood home visiting programs. And Cool. That's where you can find us. Oh, I'm at Dayton Children's. <laughs> you can, that's where you find me <laughs> for 30 on, plus years. So on their website? <laughs> yeah, and you can catch, yeah. Facebook. Through, uh, yeah, I, um, I'm listed on the public health website under okay. the Safe Sleep Ambassadors. Okay. And Shannon, who's now sitting in a chair as he passed off the mic to Elaine, uh, you can find him here at the fire department. Um, so I'll make sure that we add his email address. 
So everybody can send Shannon an email. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, ladies, thank you so much for coming and joining us. And Shannon, thank you for arranging this podcast and getting everybody here and just the work that you've done to put Cribs for Kids uh, together within the Fairborn um, area. Uh, I know it's been getting bigger and bigger every day, and which I think is a good thing. Um, and I'm excited for the event. I'm excited to, to see it happen. And I hope we get lots of people uh, so that we can educate the community and uh, get the resources to people who need them. Um, so again, thank you so much. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We want to thank you for joining us this week on Rumor Has It. Make sure you visit us at rss.com slash podcasts slash rumor has it. Or you can find us and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. We would also love it if you would give us a review or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out too. Well, that's it for now. We will talk with you next week. Bye.